Welcome to the Shepherd King Podcast. We exist to equip pastors and leaders in the local church to transcend beyond current culture, to see government through the lens of the gospel, and engage as modeled in the scriptures. I am Leo Lazzarini. And I'm Greg Baker. Thank you so much for joining us for one more episode of the Shepherd King Podcast. As you know, we are going through our series on 20 Biblical Truths Every Governing Authority Should Know. And today, we are going to talk about devotional number 11, which is, our, our world is crying out for shalom. Greg, we talk a lot about shalom in our Capitol building here in Iowa. We talk a lot about shalom with our governing authorities. Um, the scriptures have a lot to say about shalom, uh, but it has become a strong uh, theme, theme for our ministry. Um, Greg, what is shalom? Shalom is how God originally designed creation to be, and it is what he is restoring creation to be. Shalom is a wholeness, a completeness, a perfect harmony, a perfect rest. Mm -hmm. And our first parents got to experience it. Mm. And no one has experienced it since. Mm -hmm. But God has promised that he will someday make all things new and restore this earth to shalom. Mm. It is a Hebrew word. That I love how the Jewish people use it. Use it for a greeting. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is they're wishing shalom to you and their hello and their goodbye. And as Christians, that, that's what we should be doing. Mm. Believer, non-believer, whoever they are, I wish shalom upon you. Yeah. And Christ is the pathway back to shalom. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to shalom without Christ because we have to deal with what broke shalom. Right in order to get there. Mm -hmm. So there's three words that Shalom's often translated to in English that you're going to find in your Bible. It's good and it's rest and it's peace. Yeah. Say, my God looked at creation and he said, on the sixth day, it was good. Mm -hmm. And after that, he was able to rest. Mm -hmm. Good in this instant meant complete. It was in Shalom. Mm. Creation did not need anything added to it and did not need anything removed from it. It Mm. was perfect. Mm -hmm. And because it was perfect, there was rest. That is why God was able to rest. Mm -hmm. And then there was peace. Another great verse, for example, is, Come to me, all your wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Mm. He's not talking about, oh, wow, I worked hard today. I'm going to sit down on the couch in front of a fan. Mm -hmm. He's not talking about getting a nap in. Mm. He's talking about a deep inner rest in your soul. Yeah. Come to me, all your weary and burden. I, I, being Jesus, can give you rest. Mm-hmm. And the last one is um, from Philippians. It says that um, don't be worried about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace, then the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Right. The peace of God, that's shalom. Mm-hmm. That can guard your hearts and minds in Christ right. Jesus. So that is what shalom is, Leo. Mm-hmm. It's a deep inner peace that creation is groaning for, mm-hmm. including our own 
bodies. Right. We groan for shalom. Right. And Paul really beautifully pulls that out mm-hmm. in Romans 8. Mm-hmm. That's so good, Greg. I mean, when you look around the world today and we get on the social media or listen to the news, I think something that we don't see is that place of uh, peace or steadiness, uh, being still. Such a hard thing for a human soul to find, right? And Philippians described that well, that in Christ, in Christ, we can sense a little bit of that which is coming. So that's, that's, that's very good, Greg. And talk to us a little bit about why is this so hard to find? Why can't we find that peace that our soul can rest on? We go back to where we all started. Mm-hmm. The last people to experience shalom was Adam and Eve. Right. What happened? Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve were lied to by the devil. Right. That creation was not complete. Mm-hmm. You are not complete. God is withholding something from you. Mm-hmm. And if you just had that, you'd be complete. Mm-hmm. And Eve said, You're right. Mm-hmm. And she took what made her incomplete, mm. think it and make her complete. Mm-hmm. And shalom was broken. Right. And the new word came into our vocabulary, sin. Mm-hmm. And what sin is rooted in, it is adding something that was never supposed to be there mm-hmm. or it is removing something that should have been there. Mm-hmm. And what the devil has done from day one is he has convinced us to remove things that we desperately need. Mm Because if you just didn't have that anymore, you would have life. Or to add things that we desperately need, because if you just had this, you'd have life. And he makes us incomplete, and it always results in death. Mm -hmm. And we as people have struggled with that since our... We as people have struggled with that since our earliest ancestors. Mm -hmm. And Jesus came to deal with the price, Mm -hmm. the price of sin, so that we could have a hope to restore to it again. Mm -hmm. Because now, all these years later, that cost of sin, it mounts every year more and more and more. Mm -hmm. That day on Calvary, when it turned to darkness, God took his wrath and he poured it on the sun Mm. for all the things that we added and subtracted Mm -hmm. to creation and ourselves and our lives and the lives of other people mm-hmm. that didn't belong. And sometimes we think, well, why, why hasn't he come back yet? Why, why hasn't he fixed my body? Why is there still all this brokenness in the world? Mm-hmm. It's still rooted in Calvary. Mm-hmm. God says he does not desire any person to go to hell. Mm-hmm. He doesn't desire the death of anyone. Mm-hmm. So God has not opened up the courtroom yet. Mm-hmm. He has not opened up the courtroom for judgment because he wants all to come to repentance. Mm-hmm. So God delays the rebirth of the earth and the rebirth of our bodies. He has delayed that new creation until the full amount of people mm-hmm. come to salvation. Mm-hmm. We are on a course of a story of shalom Creation began with shalom in mind, and it will end with shalom. And it is something we as Christians must get because we must know where we're going. Because mm. we can be ambassadors of shalom, calling people back 
to where God originally designed them to be and bringing little teaspoons and samples of it throughout creation. So they will hunger for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But God will bring it about, not us, God. And he's doing it right now. Mm. That's very good, Greg. When we think about the brokenness that we see and the evil in the world, I really think that the scriptures have the best explanation for all that's going through um, the world right now. And it has been for thousands of years. Um, and we do long for shalom. Greg, what are some misconceptions of shalom? Well, we'll go into this more in the next week's episode. But because we don't understand we're spiritual and physical beings, we only look at brokenness from a physical lens. Mm. And we often, um, the opposite of shalom is poverty. Mm-hmm. But we don't think about poverty materially. We don't think about the guy driving the BMW that uh, has millions in the stock market, but is actually extremely poor. Mm. Poverty is a lack of wholeness and completeness. Right. Now, it often shows in material possessions, mm-hmm. but it shows in many areas, too. We can be yeah. socially bankrupt, emotionally bankrupt, morally bankrupt. Think of the number of people that live in isolation. Like We live in unbelievable poverty. Mm-hmm. So we often confuse shalom with prosperity Mm. and not a spiritual prosperity but an economic prosperity Mm. we just think man if everyone has a certain amount of money in the bank account they can afford just a a certain size home a certain number of things to entertain themselves then in a certain level of education then everything would be at peace Mm -hmm. that's just not true education is important money is important we need money to buy things But these things don't bring you peace. There's something deeper, something Mm. deeper in the human soul Mm. that we desperately need for peace. We need a relationship with God. We need a relationship with each other. We are relational beings that are so intertwined with each other. Mm. Our ultimate brokenness is in our relationships. Mm -hmm. And all these material things reflect that. Yeah. And if we don't deal with that relational component, we're just sad people that are broken with a bunch of stuff. Mm. That's very good to understand, Greg, because it is true that we can fall into that misconception of shalom, thinking that's where life is found. I I have arrived. But if you look deep inside, even with any material or economic success or prosperity, if you look deep inside and be honest with ourselves, we probably wouldn't say that we have arrived at peace and shalom. Greg, to close our time today, how can we bring this understanding of shalom to the work of a governing authority that is truly seeking to shepherd um, their constituents, a nation, a state? How can we bring that to them? Shalom requires our government authorities to look at a community and an individual comprehensively. Mm. We cannot look at a community and merely look at its education system or its economics. We need to look at the community as a whole, meaning we also need to reflect on the relational health of the community. Okay. Is the community connected? Like our neighbors building into neighbors, is the church healthy? Is there a fellowship in the community? Mm-hmm. How about our people? How's that individual person doing? 
if you're dealing with things like mental health, that's going to severely cripple the community mm-hmm. connectedness. If the divorce rate is growing, that is going to impact the connectedness of the family. Shalom requires you to look at the community in both a relational light, a physical light, and a mm-hmm. spiritual light. Mm-hmm. And you have to factor in all of those as we build community stronger. Mm-hmm. And it's more work, but it's more effective. Mm-hmm. But we also need to set right expectations. I don't want to put a perception out there that we're going to achieve some side of utopia on this side of eternity. That's not true. We can bring samples of shalom. We can bring samples of wholeness. The church itself should be that kind of a sample. Mm -hmm. But to think our garments can completely eradicate poverty is impossible. The Lord Jesus says, you'll always have the poor among you. Why? we're still on this sinful side of eternity. So how do we have a positive impact where we can have it and point people to the way of life holistically and completely Mm. and long and wait for the return? Of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. We can do both those things together. That is why in the church that we are evangelists who are anxiously waiting for Jesus's return. Mm. That is who we are. And government, you can have that same component. How do I build my community and await my Savior? Mm. You work with hope. You work filled with hope and joy. Greg, thank you so much for speaking to us about Shalom today. Um, this is such a centerpiece of even this whole booklet as we think about the work of a governing authority. And thank you for joining us for one more episode of the Shepherd King podcast. Our heart is that these episodes would uh, encourage you to see government uh, the way that the Bible describes it, the way that God has designed it to be, and that you would engage um, with your governing authorities, engage government for the advance of God's kingdom. So thank you for joining us and please join us again uh, next week. The Shepherd King podcast is brought to you by the Church Ambassador Network, a ministry of the Family Leader Foundation that inspires the church to engage government for the advance of God's kingdom. For more information about the Church Ambassador Network, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, thefamilyleader.com backslash church.